I'm unboxing the hypnosis courses and telling you what's inside. Get ready to learn. Get ready to go into trance. It's all going to happen on today's episode of Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, okay? Let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Surprise, surprise. We're learning hypnosis today. I very much want to flesh out my knowledge of hypnosis and share the insights that I'm taking in as I'm going through some courses that I haven't really paid full attention to in the past. I today uh, want to talk about the beginning of two of those courses because I thought it would be interesting. I thought it would be interesting to contrast two totally, seemingly, on the surface, different approaches to getting people into uh, states of trance and hypnosis, having different phenomenon, making change, either uh, recreationally or permanently for hypnotherapy, these two practitioners and teachers of hypnosis have very specific frames that they operate. Sometimes they're totally separate. Sometimes they intermingle. But what I do find about both of their work that's fascinating is that it's entirely... There's a lot of originality. There's a lot. You know, when you pick up a hypnosis book, or you, all of you out there that are doing that, um, yeah, I know. I know it's not a lot of you because there's no one like me in the section that I'm looking at in Barnes & Noble. Uh, but if you do pick up a book, it's going to say the same crap. It's going to be like, uh, you know, hypnosis is relaxation, boring, wrong. Um, most people just aren't really giving it an original spin. They're repeating what other people have told them. Uh, they go on to make podcasts where they just repeat what they've learned five minutes le- Oh, whoops. Um, so sorry about that. Well, anyways, the point is, yes, they end up um, you know, just kind of reiterating what their mentors or other authors told them. 
And what I find interesting about the two people that I uh, I just absorbed the first chunk of both of their courses, and I'm going to go through it as we go in depth. Um, we chapter one of uh, Mike Mandel's Hypnosis Training Academy, which is an online course I purchased years ago when it was really just first starting. It was like $47 a month and you get two modules a month dripped to you. Um, I did go through it at the time, but I never really, they now have like a certification in it where after each lesson, uh, you take a quiz and then at the end of the entire course, there's like 100 multiple choice questions and then you become certified and whatnot um, in just really being familiar with the methodology. So, uh, I'm going through that certification again, just because, hey, why not? I'd really like to absorb this knowledge and, who knows, maybe be able to use it. Uh, at the same time as I'm going through Mike Mandel's course, I'm going through James Tripp's course. Uh, James Tripp, now, it definitely uh, messed me up a little bit when I heard the name James Tripp, because Jimmy Tripp uh, was the name of my favorite acting teacher in college. Really, really talented man. Uh, now, and, you know, I mean, hey, James Tripp, the hypnotist, doesn't say things like, Greg, you hypnotize with the elegance of a rhinoceros peeing, like Jimmy Tripp said about me in acting school back in 2008, but uh, James Tripp does offer a very original take on hypnosis, in a way even more unique than Mike Mandel. Uh, what 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 Jimmy what what James Tripp rather the hypnotist uh, originally became popular from was um, teaching people hypnosis without trance. Now what is that? What is that exactly? Well, basically, this guy was like, I don't think trance is necessary for you to get hypnotic phenomenon. I believe I can make someone forget their own name simply by guiding them through an experience with words. Um, in a focused, overt way, and then once I'm getting their brain moving in that direction, I can elicit different phenomena that most hypnotists think is only achievable once you drop them into the deepest state possible. Now, some would say, James Tripp, you didn't invent anything. All you did was... Uh, really overanalyze and break down. I mean, this is actually what my trainer, Jeffrey Stevens, the late Jeffrey Stevens, going to bring him up again, but uh, his hypno hypnosis training was very much stuck with me. Uh, he said, yeah, you know, James Tripp has some interesting stuff. Seems like just a complicated way of getting someone's hand stuck to a table using a lot of linguistics. Uh, why not just directly suggest it, have the intent, have the context be correct, tell them they can't lift their hand from a table, and now it's stuck there. James Tripp is a little more intricate. James Tripp's hypnosis without trance is much more breaking down what are the building blocks 
of creating an imagined experience that's not imagined, i.e., this person now actually, from waking reality, believes their hand is stuck to the table. A little more intricate, uh, Hypnosis Without Trance was, he had a, a course about it. He had a couple of other courses that I've purchased uh, that I still need to make way through. One of them, the No Fail Protocol, uh, was about how not to, how to come off demonstrating hypnosis, but never failing to. Ne I mean, pretty self-explanatory, uh, using a variety of different psychological techniques and workarounds. And James has really expanded over the years. I mean, he's gone very deep into other sort of coaching work, uh, bringing in Eastern spirituality, kind of quantum physics, nonlinear thinking uh, into his hypnosis and coaching process. And his deep hypnosis apprenticeship, uh, it's you could buy a year's worth of it, which I did because it was at a discount initially, uh, but it also has a recurring monthly structure if you want to get in on it now. Uh, so we got Mike Mandel, Hypnosis Training Academy, Foundational, Chapter chapter 1, Foundations, and then we got James Tripp, Deep Hypnosis Apprenticeship. And I just went through the, the z module zero, uh, which is setting the frames for how to best observe the learning. Uh, now, what I thought was going to be great and interesting, potentially, to me at least, um, and isn't that what podcasting is really about? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought it would be interesting to look at what are the different foundations that Mike Mandel, by the way, I should mention Mike Mandel, great hypnotist, probably one of the best hypnotists in the world, based in Toronto, has a podcast um, that you are definitely allowed to listen to after mine. Um, <laughs> but make sure you, you're still subscribing to Open Loops. Uh, Mike Mandel's podcast is called Brain Software. Uh, this guy, Chris Thompson, teamed up with Mike Mandel. They both work together, and um, Chris is really his producer. And Mike Mandel is the, the, the genius that Chris has sat down and said, okay, I'm going to take everything you know about hypnosis and break it down into a course and podcast and live trainings that are digestible, uh, and really get you into it. So, kudos to Chris Thompson. Mike Mandel's course is amazing. Even Brain Software, you'll learn more about hypnosis on that software, uh, second to this podcast, always. No, but it, yes, and uh, <laughs> let's see, let's see here. Mike Mandel, James Tripp, we're going to go through it and talk about their different approaches, even the teaching, because they both have different approaches. See, I think I learn. They talk about hypnosis being a learning state. What is that about? Well, very simply, oh man, and this, I, I hate to name drop, but I just want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, one of the ways that I explain hypnotist comes from a British 
another British hypnotist named Jonathan Chase, who is who's done full-scale hypnosis shows uh, in a wheelchair. Like, this man is, his entire career, he's been in a wheelchair, and he's been dropping people, like, to fall back into chairs. Deep trance, gets all the phenomenon really good, really good. He's from the direct hypnosis school. One of the things that he outlined about hypnosis is that the way it works Basically, for instance, and why it's a learning state, basically, say you have someone that has gained a lot of weight and wants to overcome uh, eating bad foods for them, junk food, if you will. Jonathan Chase says, well, here's what typically happens. Kids home doing homework or finishing dinner. Mom and dad start arguing. That child might have a cupcake in front of them at the time. Perhaps what happened is in childhood, when the parents started arguing, the kid would start going for more cupcakes to feel better during the conflict. That cupcake, that sugar, made them feel good. And what happens is, in the mind, neurologically, getting that sugary treat gets associated with feeling better. Thus, they're eating terrible food their entire life because it just gives them good feelings, and maybe they don't even remember that inciting incident. A hypnotist can go back, take the person through their memories, which are stored in the subconscious or the unconscious. There's a debate on what to call that. That's a whole nother episode. And look at that event, reframe it in the kid's mind, shift the, er, the the little kid's mind as adult child is seeing themselves, like the adult child is sitting there with her eyes closed looking back on that kid's mind, and you shift the frame of the child and then bring that understanding up through the adult level. Like, you, you actually re-embed. This is really amazing. Uh, you re-imprint the idea that they don't need this food to feel good through their entire life in their subconscious. Remember, I've talked about this before. The subconscious mind doesn't process time, which is also lends credence to my Eastern philosophy episode where I talked about time doesn't exist and it's just a construction of the mind. We're going to get... Look, if you're tuning into Open Loops... I'm telling you, you're going to get an answer one day. The answer right now, though, is that learning what was learned in that state, what was learned in the vulnerable, highly emotional state, that sugar equals good feelings as opposed to bad feelings. So what a hypnotist does is they bring you into a state of mind where you can learn differently and absorb that new learning in a way that's emotional that actually makes shift that makes shifts that change your entire life learning state so 
what does that have to do with me talking about the learning process of Mike Mandel and James Tripp's courses? Well, the fact that they are telling you how to approach the material, the fact that they're very much invested in the way the brain can best absorb new knowledge so that it becomes a part of you in a uh, ecologically safe and beneficial sort of uh, setting some you're not just sitting there in a consuming content you're actually uh, taking it in and making use of it they lay out frames early on they lay out ways of thinking about the material so that you can have the best learning experience and thus even get a little hypnotized as you're watching the course kind of cool right so mike mandel does this a little bit, though he kind of deep dives right into the material a little more. Uh, James Tripp has a lot more uh, pre-framing the entire experience of how you should go into it as opposed to, like, content about what hypnosis is. But both of them do align in different ways. So let's start with Mike Mandel Training Hypnosis Academy. First thing of note is that I took far less notes of, no pun intended, of uh, Mike Mandel's training than James Tripp's. So a lot of it is, and in fairness, I've probably watched the first part of this like five times over the years since I bought the course. So that's why it's a little like, okay, I know this material, I know it well, uh, but it is... It's still important, and it's still good stuff. So Mike, just to give some overall context, Mike Mandel teaches an approach to hypnosis that is based on the Neo-Ericksonian way of bringing people in and out of trance. What does that mean? What? Neo-Ericksonian? What the heck is Eric Ericksonian? Well... Erickson is kind of the gift that keeps on giving in hypnosis, uh, known many by many as the father of conversational hypnosis. Uh, he's really the guy that legitimized in the minds of the American Psychological Association hypnosis as being therapeutically beneficial. So... Neo-Ericksonian uh, is <laughs> a great term. Um, Mike Mandel is not the only one that uses that term. But the way he teaches is this. There are two schools of thought about hypnosis. There's the, the or there are two different methodologies. Um, there's what I just described, which is like conversational and indirect, which is more like the the say someone comes in for a session with you as a hypnotherapist they start talking about their issues da, 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 and then you're like you know that reminds me uh when i was a kid there is there was someone i knew that lived next door and what he would do is he would start playing outside with grass in his hands 
and da 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 and da da and da 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 and trance words and trance words and a bunch of slowing down matching the pace of breath of the person sitting across from them while telling the story and leading them into a hypnotic state by embedding commands within the context of the story and even maybe suggesting they close their eyes and notice the change. And as that grass grew again, my friend realized and bring them up and bring them out and bring them up out of it. Um, look, I'm, I'm not fully, I'll tell you right now, I'm not like I've never really sat down and learned this approach in a serious way. Like I've, again, intellectual curiosity, intellectual escapism, I've learned all about it. It's really cool. The idea that you can tell a story and bring someone metaphorically, like, into a different reality and then because of that metaphor have them grow and change is wild that's erickson it's covert it's a little uh, i mean you can tell them to close their eyes but it's as if the person didn't even have any idea what's happening i've had an experience that goes beyond neo ericksonian ericksonian anything erickson did with a hypnotist where um you know, just to give you the the <laughs> teaser, um, basically this guy was talking to me casually and I woke up on the floor. Like, I don't remember how it... I, I, vague, vague things were happening. Like, I vaguely... I remember my eyes closing for... and being confused why it was happening, but I woke up on my floor and... In my mind, he hadn't started any sort of formal hypnosis process at all. And it's really hard for me. It's hard for me as someone that knows what people are doing to get hypnotized. And uh, I, I know a lot of the techniques. If you're going to start talking to me uh, about, you know, this reminds me of a story. If you start going into this reminds me of a story and you're a hypnotherapist, chances are I know what you're about to pull. Um, so don't try me. Okay. I see you out there. I know what you, I know it. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, grandpa wants to tell me a story. You know, it's interesting. If you think about it, your grandparents, my grandfather, a lot of the time used to tell me, uh, he would sit there and like read Aesop's fables or tell me stories and he would extract the lessons. He would talk about the moral explicitly, but I remember loving to hear his voice as a kid, and it would really take me away to a different place. That is my first experience of indirect hypnosis. I'm sure you've all had it too. Great storytellers, you're going into a different reality, a different trance. They're just not necessarily uh, actively facilitating a change inside of you. So... Mike Mandel loves that approach. I like it too. It's interesting. I think Erickson is fascinating, um, especially the miracle stories about this guy and the things he got people to do. Um, here's a great Erickson story, more about the therapist side than about hypnosis. Erickson had someone 
come in that was peeing the bed. This was an adult part. This was an adult that uh, I believe it was a lady, and she peed the bed all the time, and she wouldn't stop. So then Erickson's direct. This is this is great. I believe that they they call it prescribing the symptom. So Erickson said, "Okay, here's what you're gonna do. Every night this week, I want you to piss yourself." I want you to piss the bed every night. Wake up, you wake up in that bed of piss. Do it. This woman was like, no way. Are you serious? That's not why I paid you. That's not a problem. He said, do it. Eventually, she did it one night, pissed the next, pissed herself. By the end of the week, it had cured completely. She was free of it. Now, what's interesting is that me telling you that story about Erickson was in a way a metaphor that your subconscious doesn't even yet realize what is going to change for you in the week ahead. However, you might want to start paying attention because the more you think about that story, the more you realize there are parts of you that you can let go. That's an Ericksonian approach to those kind of things. Also, one of the things that hypnotists love to do, especially Mike Mandel, is they love to go meta on you, um, which obviously I'm some sort of great hypnotist because I'm doing it right now. Mike Mandel and my podcast, The Unraveling of a Madman. So... Basically, as you're listening to me right now talk about his training, uh, Neo-Ericksonian is taking both worlds, the indirect and the other side of hypnosis, which is this, direct, direct authoritarian. The stuff I saw when I watched that TV special and the hypnotist was making all those people do those silly sketches. Sleep, they go out. You will now go into a trance. You will go into a trance. Go into... Yes, these people. Direct paternal. Uh, Mike Mandel in the course describes the two sides as paternal versus maternal. Kind of cool. And he wants to bridge the gap. Uh, His course is very much about starting with the maternal side of things because Ericksonian hypnosis, Erickson's style, is more difficult and then bridging that with direct authoritarian hypnosis. Um, because if his philosophy is if you're just going to teach the authoritarian stuff, then people are going to, like, you know, not be interested in the other stuff. They're going to just zone people through the floor, um, really, like, drop people in the trance and not even care about the subtleties that having both approaches work with well. So I like that in Mike Mandel's course. I like that he goes into both, especially because I have such a resistance to wanting to learn metaphors for the sake of learning metaphors. I mean, I I just, I am, I mean, I'm a storyteller. Like I went to acting school, so I should love it. But the idea of having like a Rolodex of a hundred metaphors in my head and stories that I can just like, it's intimidating to me right now. I'm scared. I'm scared of how much I'm going to have to learn to be a master Ericksonian hypnotist. Uh, But he's going to say, hey, look, you don't even need that much. It's not even that hard. 
and you can create profound changes in people without them even realizing you're going into trance. Uh, one of the key takeaways that I also have from the Mike Mandel course is he goes through the history of hypnosis. And we've gone through that before. I'm not going to hit on um, all that stuff. I mean, I talked about Erickson, obviously. I mentioned Elman in the last, uh, in one of the introduction episodes about hypnosis. Um, Elman, Hypnotherapy by Dave Elman, again, probably the best book about hypnotherapy, direct authoritarian style hypnosis. Um, I know authoritarian makes it sound like a scary word, but it's really just saying like, follow my instructions and you'll go into trance, leading them through the process. Uh, hypnotherapy by Dave Elman, my gosh, great book, such a good book. Uh, especially since he talks about his whole, how he's not good, the not smoking stuff. Um, I'm going to mention two more that Mike Mandel uh, pointed out that I didn't mention at the beginning of this course. He mentions Esdale and Estabrooks, James Esdale and George Estabrooks. Now, why are they important? These two come way before Erickson and Elman. Esdale was very famous for performing over 200 operations of like people who had their legs cut off and and blood everywhere and people in war he was in india dealing with people who were like really in bad medical shape and he would talk to them for two hours hypnotize them uh was able to perform full-scale surgeries and operations without using any anesthesia only because he had put them in an anesthetic state while they were in trance. The Esdale state, a state of hypnosis so deep that pain is not even felt at all. Yes, it can be done. I've seen it. Um, people were amazed by this. Esdale was having great success. One of the things that Mike Mandel pointed out that I think is great is that he was talking about how in India, where the culture was a little more into the spiritual and the occult and the mystical, uh, he was able to get that population into trance versus when he went to England to try this stuff out. People were a lot more skeptical. You got a lot more people that were like, what is this thing you're doing to me for two hours? Like, what? Why are you talking to me like this? Like, it's it didn't work as well. Um, and because of that failure in England, you know, this intellectual hub, like the Esdale story kind of dissolved and it became less than credible. Um, funnily enough, Elman, Hypnotherapy by Dave Elman, read the book, he rediscovered the state years later. Uh, that's what Mike Mandel points out. He kind of brought back, I mean, Dave Elman talks about the, as well, I don't know if he calls it Esdale state. He does talk about hypnosleep though. I know that, um, hypnosleep, which is like putting people in the closest approximation to sleep, but they are still in hypnosis completely. And you can make suggestions in that state. Um, I believe that is what Mike Mandel is referring to when he says the Esdale state, um, Hey, look, I've never performed any full-scale surgeries um, in or out of hypnosis, but I do know the state's very powerful. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the deep dive uh, that 
Mike Mandel goes into. The one other person he mentions, and, you know, it's a personal passion of mine, so I'm going to go into it more in future episodes, but he mentions George Estabrooks. Love me some George Estabrooks. Ah, this guy's great. George Estabrooks was the, he was a, uh, I guess, I think Mike McGindell mentioned he was a Colgate University professor that was brought in as an expert on hypnosis with regards to MKUltra. That's right. I'm talking about the Manchurian candidate, candidate, got to use my James Tripp acting skills here, the Manchurian candidate, which if you don't know, it's a movie with Frank Sinatra about hypnotizing people so that they forget that they've been hypnotized, and then you can just say a trigger word, and then they'll shoot someone like a trained hypnotic assassin. George Estabrooks was researching all that stuff. He was a direct hypnosis practitioner, researching mind control, researching um, – I mean he is attributed, according to Mike Mandel, with uh, being the one that said 20 percent of the population is actually susceptible to being controlled beyond the will that they don't even perceive they have. Well, that they perceive they have that they don't actually have because you can make them into mind control slaves. He was an important name in direct hypnosis. If you look for the book, I believe there's a book called Hypnosis by George Estabrooks. I don't own it. It sells for hundreds and hundreds of dollars on eBay. Uh, I've always wanted to read it just because it talks about a lot of this uh, hypno-spy stuff and the stuff he was doing with MKUltra, which, for those of you that don't know MKUltra, that's right, the government of the United States did lots of research uh, in the middle of the 20th century to learn about psychedelics and their effects on the mind and how far could you go with mind control and all this stuff. Um, It's a real thing. Look it up. You can find papers on it. Um, the stuff of great conspiracies today, but Esther Brooks was a member of that, and Mike Mandel mentions him briefly. Uh, so, I, from what I recall, he doesn't, like, teach the Esther Brookian way of getting someone to assassinate your friends at a party for fun, uh, in the course, though, Mike, I'm curious, for educational purposes, if you might do a module on that, but still an important name of note. Now, one of the, 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 the most important takeaways I really got from the first part of this, the foundations of Mike Mandel's course, were, were uh, how much he emphasizes the frames you need to operate from even before You've learned a thing about process and hypnosis. The frames you need to operate from before doing any sort of hypnosis exercise with other humans. And those frames are very much about believing that you are a powerful hypnotist, believing that there are no bad subjects, believing that you can, um, you know, I mean, that, that... I guess those are the two ones, actually. (laughs) I was like, was there another one? Well, actually, the other one is this. Believing that the person you're working with 
is somewhat responsible for getting themselves in the trance. I take uh, issue with going into that fully. I'm not going to say I disagree with Mike, but I've worked with a lot of other, uh, learned from other hypnotists that are very much about not about leveraging the idea that you are doing something to them as a way of more effectively getting them to do something. Let me break that down for you. These hypnotists believe that if you can convince someone that you have mind control powers and you have the right technique to back it up, that's more effective ultimately for you as a hypnotist rather than saying, which is the most cliche, ex you know, this is the wiki how explanation of this, folks. Oh my gosh. I remember reading like uh, HowStuffWorks.com, the hypnosis article in high school. And of course, what do they tell you? All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. It's a really easy thing to tell someone. That's a very easy thing to break down because to, – to break to someone because it lets them think that they are in more control, which um, tends to really work well for a lot of hypnotherapists. You know, if you begin the beginning of your session and you're like, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis, I'm going to guide you to this, but you still need to actively participate and guide yourself in as well, then that's taking the onus off of you – and putting it on them if it doesn't work. Unfortunately, a lot of hypnotists rely on that. And what happens is they put the blame on the subject. Mike Mandel makes it important to let the participant know that they're helping develop the state. But he also takes the frame that if you're not, if it's not working, then there's something you need to adjust. Remember I talked about this in the NLP lesson about the dueling hypnosis, the idea of communication being what you receive as opposed to what you're putting out, like the response you receive is communication. Same with the hypnotic process in Mike Mandel's mind. What you receive from the person, either them going into hypnosis or not, you then work with so that the subject is never bad. It's just you're constantly flexible enough to be adjusting the tools to meet them in a way that'll actually get them into that place. Ah, oh, so cool. I love all this stuff. Okay, okay. I'm getting more excited. I, I was dreading doing this episode a little bit, but this is, this is like all important stuff to get out there because uh, understanding it really shapes your view of hypnosis. And... You know, hey, look, uh, I I think Mike Mandel, yes, he talks about, like, giving the other person participation, uh, you know, giving them that note about participation. Uh, you know, he doesn't go around and say, like, you're going to look into my eyes and fall asleep. But here's the thing. Mike Mandel is so skilled that you give him credit for being the person that can cause all these things in people, even though as part of his pre-talk, which is the, the talk you give before actually leading someone through a hypnosis ritual, even though in the pre-talk he says something, you still give Mike Mandel a lot of credit for what he's able to make happen. 
That's kind of how hypnosis works in general. I think of Mike Mandel as a powerful hypnotist. I don't think of him as a cop-out, weak hypnotist. Uh, but that said, I'm also really impressed with my trainers, particularly Jeffrey Stevens and Justin Trance, that said, you should have the power. They should think you can do it. And they got results from people that were skeptical of hypnosis. Can they hypnotize everybody they work with? I don't know. Can Justin Trance convince anybody that Justin Trance, oh my gosh, Justin Trance, the Vegas guy, his whole thing is that tell me you can't be hypnotized and I'll make you believe hypnosis is real. There's something about that bravado that I respect so much and I'm so into. He, at the end of his stage hypnosis show, Justin Trance looks out into the audience, points to someone in their seat, generally a woman, um, at least that's all every time I've seen it, and he tells them to close their eyes, relax, feel themselves falling in the chair, boom. And actually is a woman because that's the whole bit. He's talking about, you know, like, man, imagine what you could do with this, right? Okay, so he points, he directs them to go into a trance, and they do. He has so much credibility by the time he gets to that point in the show. I mean, it just works. It always works. It's, uh, he makes it always work. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, Justin Trance welcomes people to challenge him and say, you can't hypnotize me. He's, he, he will never say all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Uh, Mike Mandel, I've heard say that before but in more subtle ways, and still get credit. Um, interesting. You know what? I mean, hey, I think it's a little, uh, as with everything in life, let's find the middle. Um, okay. And then the thing that is really great about this training is that he leaves you with an exercise and shows you demonstrations of it. And I'm going to do that exercise it's called revivification, which is basically bringing someone back into a experience that they were at previously uh, in their in their life, a, a kinesthetic state, i.e., um, something you felt like like when you're laying on the beach. That experience, uh, bringing you back into that, just and then observing them when they're in trance. So, uh, we'll definitely get to that. Um, at the end of this, that'll be a hypnotic process, so uh, you're not going to want to be able to, you're not going to want to drive or operate any heavy machinery, but um, it was really cool. I liked the first lesson, and it was cool. He went into revivification as an exercise, as well as the use of uh, different modalities of speaking. Um the is that the right word it's different so so visual words auditory words kinesthetic words and peppering your language with words that hit all the different senses as a way of amplifying the trance state so really cool stuff really interesting definitely worth uh going into more James 
Nose Trips Deep Hypnosis Apprenticeship, Module Zero. Now, this is, uh, <laughs> this training actually overwhelmed me quite a bit in the sense that whenever anybody says, you're going to want to go back and then revisit this lesson, and all the, I, I automatically am like, ugh. It's like that time I had to read Dale Carnegie. My dad was like, Greg, you should read How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a great book. And I said, uh, Dad, you should reread the book because you're not convincing me right now. Uh, that's not entirely true. The real story is that he was really convincing me because he's like, it's a great book, Greg. So I read it. But... He was like, and then when you're done reading it, read it again. You should read it twice. And I was like, what? This isn't fun. I just want to go through something once. No. Whatever. I'll, I'll go back. Uh, James talks about that a lot. He talks about going back through the course. Um, he's really about, I mean, what I'm learning from the apprenticeship apparently is going to be, and this is what interests me about James, is that he goes into it in a different way, where Mike Mandel is going to be a little more structured, a little more like, here's the beginning of a hypnosis session, here's the agreement you're going to make with a client, here's, you know, you keep the client's safety in mind, you work with the da da da, -da. Uh, James Tripp is a lot more like, let's get, let's play which I really like. He has a frame in here called Street Shamanics, which uh, I had never really... I mean, first of all, if you're going to intrigue me, put, like, street, which is, like, anytime, anywhere, you know, David Blaine, da-da-da-da, next to shamanics, which is, like, isn't that what you're supposed to do in Peru with ayahuasca? Like, what? Okay, great. Um, and the frame is when doing hypnosis... This is cool. Have, operate from the idea that everything you're doing is meaningful and empowering for the person you're working with. So cool. The, basically, basically, as opposed to <laughs> what I've done with this, which is sometimes I'm like, I want to see if this works. And I go out and I've done this. I went to Washington Square Park, NYU, where I went, um, and went in one day with a good friend of mine and actually like went up to one of the students. Uh, oh my gosh, this is probably about like seven years ago. And was just testing the skills out. I wanted to draw a crowd. I wanted to see if this worked. And I got this girl into hypnosis. She was like fully participatory. She was like, you'd say sleep, you'd knock, you know, she'd you, like, I, I caught her, but you'd say sleep and she'd go into these states. Um, and, you know, I got her thinking there were celebrities there, forgetting her own name, her arm moving unconsciously. Uh, really cool stuff got inevitably a crowd started uh, watching me do this why was i doing that though i walked away from that i was like i accomplished something but guess what it was ego i was doing it to prove that i could do it and also i mean to test out the technology but i i didn't really have I mean, I always gave, like, and you're going to be able to study better, and you're going to, like, I'm, I, I, it's very important to give a gift, I believe. If someone's going to give you their mind to play around with, um, fully consenting to that and wanting to explore this, uh, 
if someone's gifting you the the right to explore something, then I think it's very important. Every trainer I've worked with has said this. I've never met a trainer that's like, you should just play with people's minds. Uh, just, just play with it for your selfish pleasure and enjoyment. Now that, if that, if there is a trainer out there that teaches that, um, I will study your course from a distance just because I want to understand what wrecked you. But from my perspective, if I'm going to learn this stuff and do this stuff, and I know how powerful this stuff is. If I can make you forget your own name in public in a park in New York City, then certainly I can make you more focused when it comes to studying for a test. So that's what I did. Uh, and I did offer that. But from James Tripp's perspective, making everything you do in a me meaningful, in a way that empowers the person you're working with, even from the beginning of the process, like not just even, you know, making them forget their name, but, but using the fact that their mind can do that, that they've got the power to erase something in their heads, operating from that frame with every action you do automatically makes you feel more invested in the work. And also the volunteer feels that you are actually gifting them something throughout the entire process. And that's module zero. He talks about that frame of operation. Like he doesn't go into the history of hypnosis. Uh, you know, James does break down the differences between direct and indirect. Uh, he calls it formal, what does he call it? He calls it formal versus, formal hypnosis versus covert conversational hypnosis. My mentor, Jeffrey Stevens thinks covert and conversational hypnosis also there are distinctions there too. Uh, but the point being that initial dichotomy between right now we're going into a process that is hypnosis and you're aware of it and you'd like to do that, great, let's do it, versus sneakily like telling a story or under the surface of what you're talking about facilitating change. James does talk about just like Mike. Uh, but... They are, James lays it down from the beginning. He's like, we are not going to do any of that Ericksonian jargon. Yes, within the context of telling people this is a hypnosis experience, we'll play with language in a way that resembles the language patterns that come from Erickson in The Indirect Hypnotist, but we are really going to focus on giving people meaningful experiences in a context that is, hey, I am doing some ritual with you right now that you could call hypnosis. Both of these teachers, Mike Mandel and James, both of them comment on practicing with friends and family, which I find interesting. I dated someone for, when I, when I started learning hypnosis, I was dating this girl that... Oh, man, I, I feel so bad in retrospect. Um, <laughs> it basically, uh, I promised her the world with hypnosis. Uh, promising, the, I mean, I'm not promising anyone in the world in a relationship with me when I'm 22, I'll tell you that much. I definitely, I, 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 I promised her, like, the world, uh, you know, some, some remote, 
parts of lower Staten Island, like like that being the world. That that was the world I promised back then. But but now, um, what I what I want to focus on at this moment is that I was telling her I could hypnotize her and make her feel like she could fly. This girl would not go into hypnosis, no matter what I did. I, like, looked up everything about how to hypnotize someone. I wanted this girl to have an experience of hypnosis. Of course, then later she met a guy. Well, we both met a prominent street hypnotist uh, on the internet. He came to New York City, and this guy started talking to her and doing covert conversational hypnosis. And I saw before my very eyes that her she was able to go to sleep in front of me. Um, so what's the lesson here that, uh, you know, I, I'm, that I am not man enough in hypnosis powers for her? Maybe. But the other thing is that when you're too close to the people that know you, sometimes they're not going to take it seriously. And they're also not going to give you that right to be able to hypnotize. And you're not going to feel good when you're trying to hypnotize family and friends and they don't like, they're like, what is this kooky thing you're doing? Mike Mandel addresses that, says don't work with fan friends and family. James Tripp, different opinion. James Tripp says, you can practice with friends and family, but if you do... Say, would you be interested in exploring a psychological illusion? Talk more in vague terms about moving your mind about, and it is true. I mean, hypnosis is a scary word for a lot of people. When people hear that word, they think of what drew me to it in the first place. Mind control, uh, swinging watch, you know, bearded men with, or lightly goateed men with twirling mustaches. I mean, they see that. They imagine that. Um, and two things on that. First of all, I've never done that facial hair style. Uh, and I'm 31. It's overdue. But two, it's not that. It is psychological illusion. I mean, it's a great, it's, if you are convincing yourself and believing that your hand is stuck to a table, that is an illusion that, that your brain has locked onto. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's not, you're still aware of everything else going on. That's a big misconception that you don't know what's going on. A lot of hypnotists say that you actually have more of an awareness when you're going into hypnosis. Up for debate, I think. So, he encourages it, but frame it differently. In general, James Tripp is about taking what doesn't work often with, like, mainstream uh, hypnosis processes and saying, if you change the frame, you can really get results beyond what you thought possible. Uh, you know, I think the the only final things I want to cover about learning specifically that he talks about a lot is uh, just involve it, it, it around the the difference between learning versus learning from, and this directly relates to what happens in hypnosis. See, he says, don't learn this course, learn from this course. I'm going to teach you things, but don't just learn those things. 
take things actually look at what you've learned and take a principle from it and then apply that principle learn from it don't just learn in hypnosis we never want to going back to the example at the beginning of this episode we would never want to just put someone into trance, take them back to their childhood, give them an adjustment about how they saw their parents at that time, the feeling they were at at the dinner table, and why they went to get that cupcake, and then bring them back up and say it's sorted out. That's just learning. That's just learning a different way of actually uh, viewing their old story, readjusting their timeline. Learning from is taking them into the future. Future pacing is what we call it in hypnosis. Not just bringing them up like all the incidents where they went to eat sugar and understanding it, but even going beyond that. Future pacing. Taking them, I want you to imagine that you're now in a situation where you are faced with a choice of healthy versus unhealthy. Do you see yourself making the right changes? Nod your head if you understand. What are you going to do? I'm going to eat the healthy food. Great. They're learning from. They've taken what you've put in them mentally, and then they've changed it at the source of understanding. They are now capable of applying the principle to a future situation so that they're not going to repeat the behavior. They no longer smoke. They no longer um, yeah, exhibit poor healthy choices when it comes to food or not exercising. They're able to do it. So that's interesting to me, commitment versus interest, he broke down like, you are deciding, I'm committing to learning this material versus I'm interested in it curiously. Um, I'm committed to learning this material so I can break down and give you uh, basic understanding, make some of this more accessible uh, and, and what interests me about it. And, uh, you know, I'm going to break it down with Something that James Trick talks about, uh, James Tripp talks about with regards to success. And he says the only success strategy that works get in the game, stay in the game, and grow, learn, and adapt. You know, I don't know. That's it. That's just a great way to sum up moving through life and anything you want to become successful. Uh, it was great that he broke that down in the course, and I'm excited to delve further into it. Uh, different approaches, different frames around hypnosis, but still very much uh, in line in in different uh, in their differences. There's also like parallel track, and I'm hoping by learning these that some sort of synthesis comes together for me where I can really uh, empower people with this hypnosis stuff as well as dive deep into the, the territories that I'm not even aware of yet that these tools can change and make differences in people's lives with. So that said, this next part, I'm going to do a revivification exercise. All you need to do is listen to me. Uh, it's going to be content-less, which, which basically means that it's not going to be a specific context. Um, I'm going to let you choose it. But if you're interested in going on a journey, 
hypnotically. Uh, I'm going to play uh, a noise before it begins, and the noise, the signal, the end of it. And then uh, we'll come and wrap up after. So here it is. Revivification. Do not operate any heavy machinery or drive while listening to... You can begin by just taking a seat, separating your legs, feet down on the ground, hands separated, just laying there. And I want you to just close your eyes now. And I want you to simply imagine a time where you felt great. That's right. And as you go deeper into that experience, I want you to really see from your own eyes exactly what you saw when you were at this place. And as you listen to the sound of my voice, that only means that you can allow yourself to feel even more into this special area of surroundings. See what you saw. Notice everything around you. Who's there? Maybe no one is. And you can notice your breath. And you can hear all the sounds that you heard. They resonate. And as you go deeper inside, you can feel even better being at this amazing place where you feel so good. And I don't know if you can hear all the sounds clearly or or not. Maybe there are a few sounds Maybe all you can hear is your breath. Just really go inside and experience this fully. Take yourself deep down and really see everything become more vivid. That's right. And that feeling you felt amplifies in the sounds, whether they're loud or soft or not at all. Whatever it is your ears are taking in can become even more pronounced as you simply feel better. Because this is exactly where you want to be. 
and notice how your breath has shifted even now listening to my voice feeling wonderful noticing how great it is to be at this perfect place and just know as you're here amplifying that feeling with every breath you take that any time you want to go to this place you'll be able to close your eyes and go there even easier let yourself take that mental vacation drift down and now in a moment in your own time when you know that you can get to this place whenever you'd like I want you to naturally easily find yourself coming back to the present in your own time opening your eyes and waking up with a fully sharp and clear state of mind well what do you know hopefully you learned something today hopefully you now have a way of going to that special place but most importantly i hope you now know another reason that this podcast is called open loops with greg bornstein If you like this podcast, please give it a star rating or subscribe on iTunes, also on Anchor, and wherever fine podcasts are recorded. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.